evening, everyone, and a very warm welcome to morning worship at Hillhead. Our service this morning will be led by our Minister Katrina, but we'll also hear from a number of other people, including Elham, who will be leading the Lord's Prayer in Farsi, from Fiona, who's coming to the end of her placement with us, and our readers this morning are Leo, Margaret, Freya, Nancy, Asan, Alan, Graham L and Ian S. Our prayers for others will be led by Dr. Beth. Our musicians this morning are Paul, Yang Yang, Freya and Sarah, and in just a moment, Wendy will be lighting our candle. Then at 7pm this evening, the Reverend Richard Baxter will lead our evening reflection. This will be a hybrid service in the Crypt Cafe in Wellington Church and also on Zoom. And just in some family news, uh, Ken is hoping to get home uh, from hospital later today, but we'll have to have further tests and treatment. Jean H is home and recovering well, uh, and it's great to see Joan with us this morning. Joan, lovely to see you. Um, if you don't want us to hear you, though, you will just need to mute yourself. Um, I see that you're unmuted at the moment. And then we were sorry to hear uh, that Antoinette's mother died this week. Carnetta Seymour was a retired teacher who taught adult Sunday school at Temple Baptist Church for over 35 years. Emma and Bethany, get ready for the long haul if you want to be up there with Carnetta Seymour. But please do remember Anto and Spence and all the family, both in the Bahamas and in Scotland. And then a lovely piece of news. This is advance notice that Gingrich and Vendula, the Czech couple who spent the academic year with us uh, from 2005 to 2006, will be visiting us on Sunday the 29th of May. They'll be joining us in the hotel for morning worship and they're hoping to bring their eldest son, uh, Andrej, with them. And I'm assuming that's Czech for Andrew. So I think their Scottish experience uh, definitely uh, has influenced their life since then. Now, they would like to meet as many of us as remember them as possible. So if you knew them back then and you're going to be in the hotel on Sunday, the 29th of May, please remember to have a word with Gingrich, Vendula and Andres. And I think that will be a lovely experience. Next Sunday, we'll be back to hybrid worship, so we can worship either in the hotel or on Zoom. As Katrina will be away at the Baptist Assembly next Sunday, our service in the morning will be led by the Reverend Edith Dawson. Time now, though, for Wendy to light our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day.
And so having sung our praises to God, we bring our prayers. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, for the gift of this day. That whilst we slept, you watched over us. And that whilst we're awake, you remain alongside us. Thank you, God, for the gift of your grace, the endless, unconditional love we cannot earn, the full and free forgiveness that releases us to live. Thank you, God, for the gift of your love, the unexpected moments of peace amidst the stresses of daily living, the surprising moments of joy when the mundane becomes overwhelming. Thank you, God, for the gift of each other, these travelling companions with whom we share the journey, these siblings in Christ with whom we are called and some have covenanted to serve. Thank you, God, for the gift of prayer, thanksgiving and praise, confession and absolution, prayers of others, and prayers for ourselves. Accept these words. Accept our secret thoughts. Accept our very selves offered in the name of Christ. Amen. ای پدر ما که در آسمانی نام تو مقدس باد ملکوت تو برقرار گردد اراده تو آنچنان که در آسمان ها جاری است در زمین نیز اجرا شود نان روزانه ما را امروز و هر روز به ما عطا فرما از قرض و گناه ما بگذر همانطور که ما از قرض و گناه دیگران میگذریم ما را در شریر میاور بلکه از شریر محفوظ بدار که ملکوت و جلال تا عبد الاباد از آن توست آمین
Hi. Um, this is really just a big thank you from me for your willingness to host me as a student for placement. Um, I noticed that one of the readings today from Psalm 8 struck me. Verse 2 is one that's always made an impression on me. Through the praise of children and infants, you've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. And I think that's an interesting verse because it seems to imply that praise and thankfulness are a kind of protection in times of attack and difficulty. Um, this semester has not been the easiest one for me, but reflecting on my placement here at Hillhead, I've become aware of many things about it for which I'm thankful and which have made a difference in this challenging time. So the first two words I would pick would be adaptability and flexibility, if I was going to describe the people at Hillhead. Um, and I think that's kind of a way of saying openness to the spirit as well. When my planned placement looked as if it wasn't going to work out and I was honestly in a bit of a panic because the weeks were going by and nothing was happening. Katrina and the leadership were willing to take me on at quite short notice and then adapt again when I was able to get into the hospital and offer a hybrid placement. I've been struck by adaptability to new circumstances and not just going back to old ways of being church coming out of the pandemic, but trying to discern what a hybrid church looks like. And the patient good-humoured acceptance when things don't quite work out as planned has also impacted me. I think observing the process of working out how to do communion in person and online at the church meeting, I was impressed by the determination to make sure that everyone felt part of the community and the willingness to experiment and try different ways of making that happen, even if it didn't work the first time or whatever went, went wrong or whatever. So it felt as if everybody who wanted to contribute got a chance to have their voice heard and to be listened to. And I think that links in with the second thing that I'm grateful to about the placement here. So I think being able to listen is part of an attitude of hospitality and welcome towards others. And that's an attitude that I've enjoyed and learned from over the past few weeks. So whether in their homes or in cafes or restaurants, people have been willing to take time and share something of their lives and experiences with me. So thank you to all of you who did that and apologies to those that I didn't quite manage to see. Um, it was a privilege to be allowed to hear and learn from your experiences and it's given me a lot to reflect on. And in many ways, it's connected a, a lot with my hospital-based experience as well. So the third thing I've appreciated has been the reflective style of worship at Hillhead. I found it really helpful to have the sermon in several parts with time to pause in between so that you can process what's been said. Because Sometimes I think services just go through, you hear the sermon and you don't have any time to really think about it and you go on to the next bit of your life. So I find the pauses really helpful. I think the Holy Week reflections, especially the paraphrases of familiar psalms and the use of powerful images has been particular highlights. I'd actually wonder how far that reflective approach is part of what creates an adaptive and flexible outlook as a church. Um, I think learning to be reflective about life and especially work has been a major theme in my hospital placement as well. So in that way, the two placements have dovetailed together really well. And I think all these things, adaptability, flexibility, welcome, being reflective, all arise out of who you are as a church, but also will continue to shape who you are in the future and who you become. So I'll be really interested to see how things develop in the months ahead as you continue to find ways to be church both in person and online. And just a big thank you for letting me join you for a small part of the journey. And thank you, Fiona, for all you've brought to us. Can we uh, do a Hillhead BSL applause for Fiona? And now we have a very beautiful uh, piece of music on video that Fiona has chosen for us. And the words of the hymn are on your service sheet if you'd like to. 
join seminar. A reading from Psalm 8. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouths of babes and infants. You have founded a bulwark because of your foes, to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at you, your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honour. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. A reading from Psalm 131. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up, my eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy with things too great and too marvellous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul. And a weaned child with his mother, my soul is like the weaned child that is with me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forever. A reading from Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search at my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. This morning I'm going to bring you three reflections and they are my reflections so I take full responsibility for what I say and how I say it and we're going to have three lots of three extracts from the psalms and if you prefer to just sit with the sort the psalms have to say rather than listening to me that's totally fine. So my first reflection is what have I learned about myself during the lockdown? the last two years. If you'd asked me two years ago to describe 
myself, how I saw myself, I would have said that I was determined, resilient, independent, practical, hardworking. And I think all those are true. But over the time of lockdown, I've also become much more alert, aware of my shadow side, the, the sort of flip side of those things and how they can be unhelpful as well as helpful. One of the things I chose to do during the lockdown was to do some exploration around the Enneagram. Those who've been around Hill Head for a while will remember we did a fleeting look at that a few years ago. I had the opportunity to do a one-to-one with somebody who's an Enneagram specialist and um, we chatted through what my type was and, and what are the strengths and weaknesses of that. And uh, Apparently, I'm a type one, which is sometimes referred to as the moral perfectionist, the person who has to do the right thing. It's an inner drive. You can't help it. You have to obey the rules. You have to do as you're told. You have to get the approval of the people in charge. Apparently, this is um, if you're if you're a one, you're the kind of person who always wanted to get your parents' affirmation. And so you would just do whatever was necessary for that. That's me. That's a strength, but it's also a weakness. And one of the realities of uh, type ones is that under stress, they can disintegrate to what is described as the worst of uh, a type four. Don't worry about the numbers. Just um, if it's helpful, just notice the, the kind of effects that can happen. So the way that ones disintegrate is that we get angry and resentful. And there were times during lockdown when I was both of those. And a few people kind of got the full brunt of that. And I wasn't proud of it. I didn't like the fact that I could feel so angry, so annoyed, so resentful that other people seemed to have networks and connections that I didn't. One of the things I really began to appreciate during lockdown was what it's like for our overseas students, for those who are refugees and asylum seekers, and for those who are mature in years or who are restricted in mobility, who can spend long, long times on their own and have little or no contact with family or friends. It had never crossed my mind until lockdown outside of church. Every friend I have in Scotland lives outside the boundary of the city of Glasgow. So there was a heck of a long time when I couldn't see any of my friends. And yeah, I got cross about that. But it was good learning. I learned to have greater empathy with those for whom that is the everyday. Another thing about ones is that when we're at our best, we move towards a number seven. And number sevens are the optimists. Number sevens are the playful creatives. And I think I have found it really energising over the last two years as we together have, have played around with what Sundays look like. Fiona's already touched on some of that. So, yeah, breaking down the sermon into chunks, doing far more multi-voice services. And I'll come back to some of that later on. Each of those psalms that we've heard this morning reminds us how much God loves us, reminds us that God is there in all of it, when we're at our best and when we're at our worst. That God 
has fearfully and wonderfully created each of us. We are all beautiful people. We all have huge potential, unique potential given to us by God. And I think I've been more aware during lockdown of what some of my unique beauty and potential is, as well as some of my unique, annoying and not so good stuff. So I'd just like you to spend a couple of minutes or less than that, about a minute, I think, if you'd like to, to think, what have I learned over the last couple of years in myself that I, brings me delight? Is there something I've discovered over the last couple of years that I might want to attend to? And is there something perhaps from those Psalms that will bless or encourage me? So just about a minute of total silence and then I will give Paul a cue for the, the next song. Lord of life, we come to you. Lord of life, we come to you. Lord of all, our Saviour be. Come to bless and to heal with the light of your love. Through the days of doubt and toil, in our joy and in our pain, guide our steps in your way, make us one in your love. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and there we wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there, we hung up our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs, and our tormentors asked for mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. A reading from Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labour in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the guard keeps watch in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives sleep to his beloved. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. To it, the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. 
as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? That was the question I think we asked ourselves at the start of lockdown when we frantically set up that first Zoom, put together a simple liturgy, tried to do some live music, which didn't work. And quite a few people wept through that entire first service. We didn't ever think that we were in exile. We didn't think that God had driven us out. But we knew that there was a journey to go on and things to learn, things to discover. We thought it was a stopgap, <laughs> but it wasn't. Zoom or something similar is going to be part of our life forever, or at least for as long as we can imagine. So what perhaps have we learned as a church together? Again, these are my reflections and I take full responsibility for them. The first thing, and it's really just repeating what Fiona ha has said, and it's lovely to have uh, somebody who's, who's been an observer saying what we've, we have tried to do. We have become a lot more relaxed. We don't worry too much about mistakes. Even I don't worry quite as much about mistakes um, as I might have done like, two years ago. We have tried all sorts of things. We've played in videos. We've had multiple voices. Uh, it's been great. And people have been more than tolerant. People have actually been very appreciative and very adaptable, the words that Fiona has already said. And one of the things that really excites me is in just a few weeks' time, we're going to have our first hybrid baptism. <laughs> there will be real people in a real building and lots of real water. Uh, we can't quite get away from that side of things. But I don't think we would have ever imagined doing such a thing had we not been thrust into this strange place. Of course, at the start of lockdown, we were pretty sure that we were en route to having a lovely new redeveloped building. And I can't talk about this without 
expressing my thanks to the people who gave so much time and energy and prayer to get us through the last two years on that. It got that close. It really did get that close before actually we realised that that particular chapter had come to a close. So what next? Unless the Lord builds the house in vain to its people labour. So we are told. And I believe that we do listen for God. We are seeking to find God's will for us as a church. There are three particular words that came to me as I was reflecting on what I might say. Community, communication and care. I think it's fair to say that everybody who's on this Zoom this morning and the people who would be with us at the hotel or the people who would otherwise be with us at Zoom are in some sense committed to this community. We're not just a Sunday club. We're not just a group of people who happen to be in the same place at the same time. We have a desire to be a community, to build meaningful relationships, to journey together as we follow Jesus in a complicated world. But even so, I think that brings us a lot of challenges. So here are three things I think are worth us thinking about, three questions. What does it mean to be a community that is hybrid in worship, centred in Glasgow and global in expression. So how do we develop meaningful relationships that go beyond a Sunday? And also, and a few people have already alluded to this in conversations with me, what does mission look like for us now? How do we connect to God's wider world with the good news? Then the communication one. How do we keep in touch and share information formally and informally? And I think we might actually think the questions to ask ourselves there is what is it I want to know? What is it that I feel I'd like to know about? And how do I do my bit to enable communication? It's not a case of me sitting and waiting for Anne to do all the work. What do I do to enable communication? What do we do? To, to build good communications? And then how do we care for each other prayerfully and practically? What would help us? How do we connect with each other and show care with each other? Over the last couple of years, the pastoral care group have worked really, really hard to do that, phoning people, emailing people, having coffees with people. They're now really tired and they're rightfully taking a break. Together, we need to work out what that looks like going on forwards. But there is one thing that has stood out for me. Uh, Once a safety engineer, always a safety engineer or a reliability engineer, and that's single failures. If you designed a nuclear power station that could all go wrong because of one single failure, you'd never get it licensed. And that was a big part of my work, making sure there was no vulnerabilities to single failures. In fact, we had backups to backups to backups to backups because public people kind of not unreasonably expected us to be safer than the average. The reality is for us as a church, we are hugely vulnerable to single failures. There is too much knowledge, experience, embodied in too few people. And that doesn't make us unique and that doesn't make us bad. So please don't hear this as me telling anybody off. 
actually, as we go forward, we all of us need to think, how do we not risk the point that if one person took umbrage and left or became ill or unwell, that we could be in severe difficulty? So some questions. Have I become the only, not me, you, have any one of us become the only person who can do this one thing? And if so, is there somebody that could help me share the load? One that I ask of myself, and I suspect there are others who should ask it, have I allowed myself to take on too much, too many responsibilities? And again, if so, is there somebody who could share that load? And then one for all of us, perhaps, is there something that actually I might want to pick up? I might have to lay something out down in order to do it. But is there something I might want to pick up? What I'm going to ask you to do again for a minute is not necessarily to answer any of those questions, but just to think, is there one thing about Hillhead that you've really appreciated over the last two years or however long you've been with us? Is there one thing that you think we might want to pay attention to? And is there one thing to encourage us as we go forward? So just a minute to think about those things, something to celebrate, something to pay attention to and something to encourage. Lord of life, we come to you. Lord of life, we come to you. Lord of all, our Saviour be. Come to bless and to heal with the light of your love. Through the days of doubt and toil, in our joy and in our pain, guide our steps in your way, make us one in your love. God is our shelter and strength always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not be afraid even if the earth is shaken and mountains fall into the ocean depths. Even in the seas, even if the seas roar and rage and the hills are shaken by the violence. There is a river that brings joy to the city of God, to the sacred house of the Most High, God is in that city, and it will never be destroyed. At early dawn, he will come to its aid. Nations are terrified, kingdoms are shaken, God thunders, and the earth dissolves. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. A reading from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Psalm 91. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God and whom I trust. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. of reflection is lessons about God. I have to be honest, when I sat down to do this one, I couldn't really find something that I had discovered for the first time about God. And I say that not with some kind of smug self-satisfaction as if I've got it sorted, because I certainly haven't. But because after nearly six decades of life on earth, it would be rather strange if I hadn't already faced some challenges, asked some questions, had some difficulties that have forced me to think about who is God? Why do I go on believing in God? Where is God? For some people, there will be things that are completely new and, and that's great. And for other people, there may not be. The treasures of the dark, they're sometimes called, aren't they? The beautiful things that we discover in 
difficult places, in times of trial, in times of difficulty. And some of that is alluded to in those three psalms that we've heard. Here are some of the things that I've been reminded of over the last couple of years. Maybe some of them will resonate. That God is present, even when it seems that God is absent. That God is more often heard, not in the loud, clear voices, but in the empty, aching silences. That bad things do happen to good people. And that all too often, those who are evil seem to get away with it. That there will always be questions for which no answers can be found. That God can take my doubt and my rage and my failures and my sins and through Christ redeem all of them. That God takes great delight when I notice something beautiful. When I gain a new insight, when I feel something deeply enough that it makes me laugh or cry or be angry, at least when that anger is justified. That God is not a genie at the beck and call of those who sign up to a specific list of doctrines or values. But rather, God is a mystery beyond naming beyond numbering, beyond adjectives or metaphors or symbols. That God is love. And that in love, God creates all things, redeems all things, sustains all things. And in the end, God will renew all things as love's work reaches its ultimate fulfilment. The psalmist sees God as a shelter, as a rock, as a shepherd, as an eagle, as a mother, and many, many other things. So in these last few moments of reflection, we're just invited to think, is there something about God that has been especially precious to me over this last couple of years? Is there something I might want to ponder a bit more? Is there something to encourage me? Lord of life, we come to you. Lord of life, we come to you. Lord of all, our Saviour be. Come to bless and to heal with the light of your love. Through the days of doubt and toil, in our joy and in our pain, guide our steps in your way, make us one 
in your love. God, who knows each of us completely, we bring before you the multitude of different experiences and lessons we have from lockdown. Because though lockdown happened to all of us, our situations, home setups, families, jobs, privileges, and health mean that we all experienced it differently. We thank you for being with each of us on our individual journeys and our collective journeys through the last two years. We think of those who have been on their own more, those who have been in overcrowded houses, those who were on furlough for a period, and those working incredibly hard in ever-changing circumstances. Those who grieved alone, and those who have welcomed new members to their family without physical support. We think of those for whom the move to remote working, remote appointments and remote lessons have been a blessing and those for whom it has been incredibly hard. We think of the skills that we have learnt and honed and those that we feel maybe we've missed out on learning. We pray that we would take everyone forwards together with these lessons and not leave anyone behind. That we would listen well to the lessons that others have learnt in different circumstances to our own. And we hold all of these in your light. The BMS prayer diary today remembers uh, those who move, particularly refugees. Often those who are facing incredibly difficult circumstances that many of us cannot begin to imagine, both in this country and abroad. We think of the non-governmental organisations that work sometimes alongside BMS and also the governmental organisations and policy makers. And we pray that your wisdom and your love for all people would influence them. We pray this week for worship group and musicians in the church, for Jean R., Sylvia and Norman, Ailey, John, Owen and Ethan, Joan R, Margaret S, Mary and Ian, Betty, Graham, Ali and family, and for Lena and George. We thank you for our church family being together through the last two years. Amen.
blessing today, we're going to use the Aaronic blessing. However, I'm not going to say it. We're going to see it sung by people from 154 nations, 257 languages, people from Ukraine and Russia, people from Iran and Iraq, people from Nigeria, Japan, France, Nepal, people whose faces have to be blurred to keep them safe, people whose language is sign, people whose language is voice. The Blessing 2022.